What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Turn Bark Time. I'm the Turn. I'm the Bark. And we're going to be here a long time. Welcome, season two, episode seven. Today, we are actually going to answer. Uh, so, one of the things I like to do on my Instagram account and my Facebook account is when we publish an episode, I always like to ask people what they're doing. Um, for Tyler Talquist, if you're watching this, I'm not doing the history of what you wanted me to do the history of. Uh, for David Weaver, um, that's the history that was in World of Warcraft. I'm not going to do that research. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, but for Mrs. Harrington, uh, Bobby Harrington threw out uh, the Roanoke colony and the lost colony of Roanoke, and that is what we are doing today. So uh, go ahead, Bark. Let's start it off. Roanoke colony. So Roanoke Colony would be in present-day North Carolina. And by in, I mean off the shore. Um, it's in a, a group of islands. Hold on. I, known as the, uh, the Outer Bank. So Turner's got a historical map there that's drawn, and you can see the island of Roanoke. On my map, the, the five-pointed star is Roanoke, and then the four-pointed star is the island of... Crotone, or, or today it's called Hatteras. Um, I actually watched some videos on exploring North Carolina to figure out how to pronounce things down south because right. it didn't. It, I, I was like, there's no way this looks like. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to screw it up because, like, there's a town on Roanoke Island today, and I was like, it looks like, like, uh, Manteo is like, because, like, I, we, worked in Quincy for so long yeah. but it, they pronounce it Mantio oh, okay. uh, and I'm like oh, well there you go you never know um, so anyway it goes back to the age of exploration right the Spaniards are in the south they find the Caribbean um, Britain lands up in like Newfoundland and the Queen of England gives a charter that says as long as you're below Newfoundland and above Spanish Florida, it's yours. And she gave it to some guys, like I think it's Humphrey Gilbert. Yep. But Gilbert dies, and they split it between um, his son, whose name is something Gilbert, that I can't recall. I apologize. And his half-brother, a guy named Walter Raleigh, um, who becomes famous at some point, right? Yeah. And so it's they begin exploring the Americas. And this is before... The Virginia Colony, right? This is the Virginia Company, right, that establishes Jamestown. Um, and so it's really interesting because they're coming over, and the first couple times, they just kind of sail around, and they're like, okay, I think we found stuff. And they, they literally thought that, like, the uh, Albemarle sound, which is the sound that's right up there. You can't hear it, but you can see it. Weird how sound is that way. Um, they thought that was the Pacific Ocean initially. And they're like, the Northwest Passage, by golly, we've found it. Good job, boys. Um, and then they did some more research, and they're like, yeah, maybe not so much. Um, so we're here to talk about the first time they, they kind of came and they did these exploratory. And the way they sailed there was like they sailed from like England to the Caribbean and then sailed north from the Caribbean. So like they don't, I guess it's good in a sense that you have a frame of reference of like how far away from the Spaniards you are. Um, because they'd map some stuff down there so you can kind of start piecing things together. But uh, 
you know, like the first couple times they go out and they just kind of map stuff. They they build a fort on Roanoke, and it's kind of more of a military scientific, like what resources are here that we can take advantage of. And they end up getting into a bit of a squabble with the natives. Like that's never happened before. And they have to pull a skedaddle. And then it's after that that right, they kind of decide we're gonna we're gonna start this colony. We're gonna send instead of just sending men, they're like, we're gonna send men, women, and children, families. Like, and again, if you have done any amount of research, like you know, like one of the things with Lewis and Clark, the fact that they travel with Sacagawea, Sacagawea. Sacagamama, whatever. Um, sorry, I love that joke. But uh, the fact that they travel with a woman like tells the natives that they're not aggressive. And when the Spaniards were expanding and exploring in what today is Mexico and south, the southwestern U.S., um, the fact that they had the, the Virgin Mary was a prominent image that they showed, and they were showing an image of a woman, was a, a kind of a cross-cultural symbol that like most people don't put up a picture of a woman and go to war you know i mean that's just not the way that war is conducted across cultures and so you know they started they they set up this colony um you know and they're trying to figure out what are they going to do and they were supposed to actually go further inland i think to the city of raleigh yep but they kind of get bamboozled and the guy the the guy the, the pilot of the boat lands them at Roanoke and it's just kind of like, um, no, I think you should get off here and like disembarks them all. And is like, peace. We're out. Yep. Uh, so they take off and so these people are trying to like discover the Island and they're like going through and we learn a little bit more about them. Um, just based on some documentation before we have like a secondary mission, but they, they have problems with the natives. Like Barker said, like right off the bat, um creates a huge kind of issue obviously because you just got dropped off really far from home and you're surrounded by people who don't like you um and so they kind of go through their their establishment and everything like that and um but what's cool is is you have the first like since they did bring women and children and stuff like that you have your first uh uh person being born in the new world um for English records. And so you have on August 18th in 1587, uh, Eleanor Dare gives birth to a, a, a woman or a baby that will be named Virginia. And uh, for the first Christian to be born in Virginia. Um, and again, Virginia is named after the Virgin Queen, um, which I think is, is that Elizabeth one? Yeah. Okay. Correct. Uh, Elizabeth the first. So, um, but again, uh, they, you know, kind of go on and, and there's, there's nothing really known about it. But what's crazy is, is that, um, the guy kind of in charge of the, the whole boat and everything like that, his name is, um, white. And he basically is like, okay, after everything kind of goes wrong, um, he decides that he's going to return to England and he's going to get more supplies and everything like that. Well, the problem is that Spain and England are about to go to war uh, over this area and just because they don't like each other and everything like that. Um, and so the Queen of Elizabeth actually says nobody can leave England um, so that all the ships that are getting ready uh, can get ready for battle and can can fight. Um, and so um, 
they get kind of permission uh, to, during the, the winter. They can actually leave and go to the Caribbean to fight the Spanish. And White's allowed to actually go with his resupply ship. Like, he can say, hey, like, we got, we got people over there. Like, we need to give them, get them stuff. And so he gets permission to do. Uh, the problem is, is that uh, when they get ready to launch in, in March of 1588, uh, unfavorable winds actually keep them in port so they can't leave. And then he gets new orders that he has to stay and defend England. And so they're like, well, crap. Um, so There's this little thing called the Spanish Armada coming. Yes. It's a, again, a, so when we think of, if you... Again, studying like the age of exploration and things like that, um, Spain has one of the biggest advantages when they find the new world because they end up looting and robbing the land and the people of, of their riches, bring it back to the Spanish treasury, which then they use to build up their navy to then be able to defend the, sh the Spanish galleons coming back loaded to the, the brim with gold and silver and everything else. And they have to defend them from pirates and things like that. So, finally, uh, White is kind of allowed to leave, um, and he gets to set sail uh, on April 22nd, 1588, but uh, they attempt to capture some Spanish ships, uh, and then on May 6th, they're attacked by French pirates near Morocco, because, uh, again, you wouldn't, necessarily, you wouldn't sail straight from England over to the the um americas like it just wasn't you had to sail down to africa because africa sticks out a little bit further and so you could get fresh water you'd go to the canary islands off the coast and get water and supplies for that long push across the ocean i think um, there's favorable winds as well yeah um and so anyway so uh following the defeat they finally um the, the Spanish Armada does attack, and so White actually doesn't get to leave to resupply until 1590. So he's been gone for three years, yeah. right? So, like, you always hear, like, you know, my dad left to get a pack of cigarettes and he's been gone for 15 years. That's a Simpsons joke. Um, but, yeah. uh, right, the idea was it would take you roughly two months-ish, maybe two, a little bit over two months, to sail back and forth. And that doesn't include, like, all the time to resupply. They're not going to pull up to England and go to ye old Costco. Um, exactly. You know, and just buy stuff. It takes time to get it organized and organize the money and things of that nature. It On one of the, uh, what was it, the second trip where they set up the fort, they actually pay off. They, they actually make money even though they lost everything on Roanoke because um, they looted on their, they, they were privateers on the way back. Yeah. Uh, what Spain can protect. Exactly. And that's and that will actually lead to another thing that's that's kind of an in-between time. Because, again, he's been gone for three years. But guess who's still there? And that's Spain. And Spain's actually doing reconnaissance on Roanoke and trying to figure out, okay, what are we dealing with here? Is this a large military establishment with, like, a deep water port so that the their navy and, and the military can set up here? Is this just... A settlement that we can easily go in and wipe out or claim for our own and just bring these people with us you know what what are we dealing with here and that actually happens um it happens from 1585 to 1590 um and there's multiple people that are trying to find um different things well 
um, they they're doing this because uh, when left when they left Roanoke in 1585 the first time they actually capture a Spanish galleon that has money on board and so they're wondering what's going on is this a place where English pirates are going to hide and capture Spanish ships as they go back across the sea um, so when they go through and they look for this they don't find very many things but then in 1587 after they have a failed reconnaissance mission the first time he sends them to the uh, king philip of spain sends them to chesapeake bay to look for him he doesn't find anything at the chesapeake bay again chesapeake bay really won't be a big thing until 1607 when the virginia company sets up the jamestown colony um but on his way back he discovers the fort port fernando or yeah Fernando along the Outer Banks, and it looks to be abandoned with no signs of activity on Roanoke Island. And this is again 1587. He leaves without conducting an investigation. And this is his name's Gonzalez. His name's Vicente Gonzalez. And he doesn't conduct an investigation. He just looks and says, okay, this looks abandoned. Um, they believe that he had found the secret English base. Uh, but however, the Spanish Armada gets defeated by England at this point, and Philip is unable to order an attack. And so, again, in they make a plan in 1590 to destroy the Roanoke colony and set up a Spanish colony in Chesapeake Bay. Um, but it was actually disinformation to try and get the English away from other settlements. So it was a plan that was reportedly made. I apologize, I said that backwards. So it was a plan that was reportedly made to set up and destroy it in 1590. However, it was just disinformation that was trying to get the English to focus on other things. And so this is John White. Um, he's actually Virginia Dare's grandpa. So he's the father of Virginia Dare's mother, Eleanor. Um, they, he drops him off. They come back. He finally, through all of his misadventures, comes back. This is actually a watercolor that he made on the, I think, in the 85 expedition. He went and documented the habits of the Secaton or Secaton um tribe which was kind of the more the inland tribe if i can remember this right yeah they were kind of over on uh by the chuan river so a little bit to the north of where they were there were island there were natives on the roanoke they were on the island with them and then there's also the the crotan who were down on croton which is further down you know if you're approaching from the south you're going to reach them first before you reach uh roanoke and all that but anyway, he gets back, and they pull up, and this is where, you know, we often don't talk about everything we've talked about before you get to the lost colony of Roanoke. They're like, oh, yeah, they drop people off. And then, like, you know, John White goes to get some milk, comes back, and everybody, like, poof, they're gone. <laughs> um, they don't, they fail to mention that it was, like, a three-year interlude. And so when they show up, they find a tree. So they, they anchor off Croatone, they don't actually go inland and talk to the natives. And people are like, well, maybe they should have. They might have learned something. Um, they sail up. They get off the shore of Roanoke. They see smoke one day. And they're like, oh, we think people are there. They get off. They see signs that people have been there recently, they, see, they think. And then they see that somebody on a tree on the shore is carved in the letter C-R-O. And there's actually, there's two different kind of scenarios here. So it's it's... There's that 
uh, that's on a tree, but then there's also, uh, it's been said, if you kind of look behind, Barker has a better picture than I do, but it, it was also thought to have been carved into a stockade, like the, the, the port. So. Yeah, yeah, and well, like, the CRO was on a tree, and then Croatone was on okay. the palisade. Yeah. And, and so they, they postulated that the people left voluntarily and were not under duress because they had said if things were going poorly, they were supposed to have carved like um, almost like there's a name for it, but I to me it's always the, it's like the Crusader cross, like the the cross that like tapers to the center. Okay. Right. Yeah. They were going to carve that if they were leaving under duress, and they didn't. And if you look at it, they get inside the the palisade, which is essentially just you drive a bunch of logs into the ground and make a very crude wall, and then you pack dirt behind it so you can stand up and shoot people if they try and come at you, yeah. right? Very basic fortification. But the homes inside, the 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 verbiage is interesting here because they say the, the homes were dismantled, right? They don't say destroyed. Yeah. It was almost as if they had been taken apart. And John White had left and buried really big chests of like prop his property, and those trunks had been dug up, emptied. They'd been looted. But again, there's no. This is where we start getting into like, like they're like, where did all the people go? And you're talking about a, between 110 and 120 people, men, women, and children that were left. And there's so the the homes have been dismantled, the trunks have been looted. The, there's no sign of the boats that they had, and I think there's only like there's like skeletal remains of like one person like inside the walls but like there's there's no mass graves there's no right. signs major signs of like everybody dying mm -hmm. in the in the settlement and they do try and sail the 50 miles back to croton but they they pop a anchor cable and they only have one and they're like well you know again there's no auto zone or boat yep. zone i don't know um, boat zone chip zone chip zone chip zone it's the only way to go no, I don't know. But uh, so they're kind of like, we we can't screw this up. Like, we need to go back to England. And White's like, well, my granddaughter should be turning three. They actually land on what would have been his granddaughter's third birthday. Um, maybe it was her third birthday. We don't know. We don't know what happened to her. Um, they compromise, try and get to the Caribbean. They get blown off course, end, end up in the Azores, which sounds like somebody going, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the Caribbean. <laughs> Joink, you know, left turn. Hi, Azores. Um, which we don't know off the, off the coast of Portugal, yep. which is in Europe on the other side of the Atlantic. But uh, nobody really gets back in any kind of like timely fashion to come back and like look for them. Um, Walter Raleigh tries to come back a couple times and, and says he's going to look for the people of Roanoke. And they're like, no, he really wasn't. He said he was. And like, there's kind of some like politicking because if he says that they're gone and they're all dead, it's harder for him to hold on to his charter because part of his charter said he had to have a colony in the New World or on North America. Um, and so he's really slow to be like, yeah, they're gone. Um, he's like, maybe. And he says, I'm going to go look for them. And then he ends up trying to like cruise around and look for like El Dorado, you know. And then the second time he comes back, he's like, I'm looking for them. And then he sails further south and gathers sassafras and never goes far enough north to actually find Roanoke or Croton. And so, you know, it's kind of crazy because you, you would think that, like, I guess it's 120 people. And in the grand scheme of things, 
that's like you know an eyelash to the queen who cares you know it's not worth the money um and so this is where we kind of end up in this like this is like one of the greatest historical mysteries because we historians don't know the answer right i always tell my kids that history is a puzzle well this is a puzzle that like the dog came and ate three quarters of the box and then barfed on the remaining you know pieces and so we really don't know what we have yeah and there's been it's actually been it doesn't really so john smith this is the one i found the most interesting is john smith actually um when he comes to jamestown in 1607 and you know he's captured uh by uh the powhatan and meets you know other people uh related to him so like they're his brothers and stuff like that and their leader um and they describe this place um where men wear european style clothing and uh so he said i'm gonna say this wrong but it's uh okana honan honan um where men wear the european style clothing and then uh ano an Ano one, um, which featured walled houses. Um, so Smith is kind of like, okay, that's weird. Like, you know, it, it could be that colony. And so he starts to go and kind of look for it. And, but never, nothing ever really comes up of it. Um, and especially when the natives and, and the Jamestown settlers stop getting along, you know, and, and S hits the fan, then it really becomes a, you know, there's no, uh, there's no attempt to try and go look for for these people. They're they're worried about other things, but that's the the major attempt. Everyone else kind of looks, and there's there's other investigations, but um, you know, there was a site preservation under James Monroe, um, and uh, and the National Park Service uh, began uh, administrating the area in 1941. And in 1950, they tried to make basically the same fort. But there's been archaeological digs. They're, I mean, historians are still trying to figure this out. They are, they are not giving up on this opportunity. And my favorite explanation for all of this, which is not logical, and I'm going to say this because I'm saying it sarcastically. I just want to make that clear to everybody, is the guy who goes, aliens. <laughs> it's not. It's not aliens. But... There is a common theory that is actually accepted by most historians, and that is, again, if you had 120, let's let's call it 120 people. If you had 120 people, and you walked to the next Native American tribe, the ones that don't hate you, and are they going to take on 120 people into their village? Probably not, right? It'd be the same thing as, like, showing up and, you know, to a... It's like someone shows up to your family Thanksgiving and they're like, hey, we brought 120 people. You're like, I can take like five, like 10, maybe. I can't take 120. So there is some theories that they, that groups actually did split up a little bit and and go to these different places to try and figure out, you know, a way to survive. Especially since, again, you're talking, they were probably planning on about a year to a year and a half before being resupplied, you know, maybe two. And now we've hit the three mark. You, if you're living there on your own, a little island, you're kind of like, uh, is anybody coming? No, probably nobody's coming. You know, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. So, yeah, David uh, Beers Quinn, who's an Irish historian from earlier in the 19th century or 20th century, right? 
Um, his he did a lot of research, starting with the Gilbert expeditions, even before Raleigh was involved, and and then started looking at it. And he goes, the likely explanation is that they moved from Roanoke into the Chesapeake, like actually onto like North America, like the continent proper. And there's there's some evidence. There's a map that's been recovered that had patches on it. And they used a light table to look what was underneath the patches. And there was, you know, there used to be a, it was a native village that was in that area, according to what the best they can kind of surmise. Because these maps aren't perfect and they're not, you know, I mean, they're hand drawn from your best estimation, kind of dry, like sailing around stuff. And uh, they think that the patches were there as misinformation. So if they got intercepted on the way back to England from the New World, that nobody would know where the the bases and stuff were, or these native villages were. And so they think that they likely, he, his, his theory is that they moved in there, they were living there with, like, alongside Native Americans, and then the Powhatans, right, like the, Poca, the tribe that Pocahontas belongs to, right, that dealt with the Jamestown people, like, the uh, the Roanoke natives and stuff kept always talked about that there was a, a much more powerful tribe to the north, and that would be the Powhatans. And so they eventually come down, he blames it on, there was another expedition that came through and, like, kidnapped uh, members of their tribe. And so, like, in the same way that the colonists didn't discriminate, like, one tribe of natives from the other, neither did the Powhatan with, like, you're European, they're European, you, you're you all in, you know, bed together, you're all the same people. Yeah, you and so he says maybe they came and attacked them there. Yeah. Was his theory for a long time. And either wiped them out in a location not on the island of Roanoke or that after the attack they dispersed and started like you said being absorbed by the different tribes so there's a tribe so the island of Croton, Croton actually the inlet in between it and the island next door eventually dries up like as sea levels change and it becomes Hatteras Island and so the tribe that's on there later in history is called the Hatteras tribe, even though people are like, they're most likely the same people as the Crotan, right, that were there originally. Yeah. And they there's evidence of them talking with other English explorers and saying, well, we've had white ancestors and, and ancestors with gray eyes, which probably means some sort of like light blue or actually gray, you know, iris color. So, I mean, that... The accepted idea is that many of these settlers in small groups probably at some point, just because, again, you cannot realistically take on that many new people, um, went out and adopted the Algonquin like lifestyle and just were absorbed culturally. And, and if you've read um, – trying to think of what the book would be. I think it's Slave – Slavery in Indian Country, I think was the name of the book that I read for my master's. But it talked about like Native American slavery and the way that they would take slaves, but then eventually like adopt them. And yeah. so in the same way, like if you have these people that are these Europeans that were living somewhere else and then they come over and they say, hey, can we be part of your tribe? Like you, the tribe's been decimated because of the exposure to disease from the Europeans. But it's like they part of their cultural practice was to adopt people into the tribe. To and so it is, yeah, yeah, to replace the people who've died. So it is very likely, plus if they're European and they have some European tools 
good for you. Right. But it's, you know, that's the kind of the most accepted historical thought is that they were absorbed. Another one that seemed moderately plausible that doesn't get into like <laughs> demons and conspiracy and witches, which if we get into modern, <laughs> modern, uh, I guess, uh, horror or science fiction. Yeah. Pop culture. That's what we want to try and say was happening. You know, it's supernatural, man. But um, the other possibility people said is that maybe they took everything down and tried to build a boat and sail back to England. Yeah. And they tried to sail across the ocean and didn't work. Yeah. Because there was a French colony that was set up like a decade or two earlier. I think it was like in 1563, I want to say. And like things didn't go well for them. They're like, this sucks. They got into problems with the natives. They're like, we're out of supplies. Screw this. Let's go home. And they literally built from like scrap a boat and sailed across the Atlantic. And wow. so they're one of the theories that's it's not as it's not very accepted because where's the evidence? Right. And that's the problem with history is that you need the evidence. And yeah. if you sink a sink a wooden boat in the middle of the ocean, right, much like a tree falling in the middle of the forest, does anybody hear it? You know, can anybody find it? And so, you know, that's another thought is that maybe they tried to sail back. They realized they're not coming back. Yeah. You know, wagon, you know, boats east. Um, and that they didn't make it across the ocean. So, I mean, I would like to think that they got absorbed by the natives. Um, and that they, it was not a very, you know, and it just eventually, like, you get tired of it. Like, you just, that becomes your culture. And there's numerous examples of people who were on the frontier whose homes were attacked later on and were adopted, you know, slaves then adopted. And when they were found by their extended family and were tried to bring back into European society or American society, they were like hell bent to stay with the natives. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying it's just overwhelming. They're like, this is a better like. They got used to that lifestyle. They, They'd assimilated. Mm-hmm. into you know the native way of life which i think kind of flies in the in the this counter narrative to what the europeans would like to say we're like no our society is better everybody wants to be like us yep. where a lot of people that were went and lived with the natives were like nope it's actually this is preferable yeah to yep. what we're doing over there exactly so yeah so that's our that's our little bit on Roanoke, uh, Lost Colony. And and to this day, unless something new really gets turned up, um, probably won't uh, won't ever know the true answer until time machines are invented. So, um, but yeah, it's an interesting topic. Thank you for, uh, Bobby Harrington, for letting us know. Appreciate it. Um, again, when this gets posted tomorrow, uh, we will be taking more suggestions. So... We are aware of a suggestion for World War II. We know that it's there, and and we're still trying to figure out different uh, topics specific to World War II since the topic is so big, and you guys don't want to watch a twenty million hour movie on us talking about it. So, uh, Bark, anything else? One of the other struggles that we have, even as we find um, physical evidence, is is it evidence of the lost colony? Is it from the Lane colony, which was kind of the previous the fort? building militaristic colony um so it's it's a matter of trying to just because we find something old doesn't mean that it's from the lost colony of roanoke maybe some people went out went on a bender and you know lost some stuff in the dirt yep 
it doesn't make it Virginia Dare's, you know, pacifier. Yep. <laughs> so one of the one of the biggest struggles that we have to realize in history is that a lot of there is a fair amount of stuff that we do not know and we cannot substantiate with evidence. And it's it's also interesting to know that the idea of the lost colony of Roanoke really doesn't become something that Americans really begin to become aware of until the mid to late 1800s when somebody puts it in their history book. Yep. So. Yep. So. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, hope you enjoyed our video. Uh, like and subscribe, obviously. Point down to different stuff. I think it's at the bottom of our video and stuff like that. Um, until next time, I'm the turn. I'm the bark. And we're going to be here a long time. Have a good night, everybody. Be safe. And be well.